and we're back so i left you last when um daphne was just about to enter into carlos's car and i told you um what we're about to find out or what transpires in the car so i'm just going to go straight forward and read and this is cool so i read well <laughs> Someone was asking me why um, do you call yourself a gate crusher? And uh, I call myself a gate crusher because, well, first of all, I've put myself in that in that instance. And like I said earlier, when I'm reading, I like to put myself uh, in the book because I'm a visual learner. So I felt like, you know what, since I'm not going to get invites into a, such a prestigious soiree i may as well just call myself a gate crusher because i'm sure as hell never going to get an invite anyway so here we are so hence that came about the gate crusher if you listen to my first podcast you will understand and i really urge you to um i've made lots of mistakes but as original as i want to be i really don't want to sit out there and try to edit and bring in some and take out it, it will take out the originality of of it so i'm just gonna go straight to the point they are in a car they're about to go and this is where it starts so it says i'm carlos reynolds said the man who was driving your name is daphne thomas so you're really related to Elsa. Yes, although recently I've been wishing that I wasn't. She paused to a deep shaking breath and added fiercely, I wish she hadn't gone to Wales last year and found me. And I wish I'd never accepted the invitation to live with her and be her personal maid. Was it true what she said? Were you out of work when she found you? He asked. No, it wasn't. I'm a hairdresser and I was working in a beauty salon in Swansea. I knew it. She came back to the town where she was born for a publicity stunt. Celebrity returns to a route to show she remembers her family and her poor beginnings. I'm the only surviving member of the family. My father, who was much older than Elsa, was killed in a coal mining accident years ago, she exclaimed. And the rest of it, the bit about coming between her and her husband. Is that true? he asked. No, it isn't, she replied in fierce denial. They were on the road now and she could see the city's light twinkling ahead of them. I'd be glad if you'd drop me off in the Zocalo. She asked politely, What will you do there? Find somewhere to stay the night. And after? What then? I'll look for a job. Do you speak Spanish? He asked. Well, not much, nor do I understand it. I haven't been in a country very long. But you think you'll get a job knowing only English? Well... It shouldn't be too hard to find work in Hotel Beauty Salon where most of the guests are English-speaking, she argued. 
Don't you plan to return to your own country? I can't afford to yet. I don't have enough money for the airfare. He made no further comment and the car searched along the Costeria Miguel Alema, following the curve of the extensive bay. A row of glittering light rise buildings came into view. The luxury beauty of the beach hotel where swarms of holidaymakers from other parts of Mexico and from the United States stayed every year. Soon, they turned into the Zocalo, the plaza in the center of the town. I'm really sorry if you my reading or um, the towns that I'm mentioning doesn't really sound as it is, but you know what? That's what I can mention and how I can pronounce it. So we're gonna have to get along with it. <laughs> A row of glittering high-rise buildings came into view. A luxury beach hotel where swarms of holidaymakers from other parts of Mexico and from the United States stayed every year. I've read that. Soon they turned into the Zocalo, the plaza in the center of the town, and Daphne asked Carlos Reynolds to stop again so that she could get out. But he didn't seem to hear her, and the car nosed its way through the nighttime traffic, past the extraordinary cathedral, gold, white, and blue with its twin back. Byzantine towers and most like dome, and along a street which led to the fast superhighway, the most direct route to Mexico City. I asked you to stop by the cathedral, she asked, she said, turning urgently towards him. But I don't think you heard me. I heard you, he replied coolly. And turning the car to the highway, he put his foot down. On the accelerator the engine responded at once and the vehicle seemed to fly along where are you going where are you taking me she exclaimed really worried now this road goes as i'm sure you know to the capital he said smoothly but i don't want to go there please take me back to acapulco Again, he didn't reply, and Daphne felt panic pick, prick. Oh, that is a big... Mm-hmm. Felt panic prick her. You see, when you haven't had a dick for a long time, even when you see the work prick, you, you think it's something hard. No pun intended. Oh, I should have guessed. She complained bitterly. You're not better than the other men who go to Elsa's party. You're not better than Mitchell, after all. Please stop and let me out. I don't want to go any further with you. I refuse to be kidnapped by you. I'm not kidnapping you, he retorted. I'm trying to help you. It's my fault you had to leave Elsa's house tonight. My fault you don't have a job anymore. So I feel responsible for what happens to you. And I can't let you stay alone in some cheap hotel or walk the streets looking for a job. Some hotel. Oh, God. 
Someone might take advantage of you. Well, now that's a responsible man. You're safe with me. But you shouldn't feel responsible for me, she argued. I've been thinking of leaving Elsa for some time. I knew it, Daphne. I don't want your help. I can't take care of myself. He didn't reply and the car rode on the road which was climbing steadily towards the Sierra Madre del Sur. Flying insects attracted by the lights of the lampard. Oh, fucking hell. The call came, so I just, I'm just getting confused now. Well, I read again. Flying insects attracted by the lights of the headlamps zoomed towards the windscreen and collided with her hard glass in the way she had collided with the man at her side. Thought Daphne fancifully. Watching their wings flattened against the glass, seeing their slender bodies splatter against it, she bit her lip. Was that how she would end her life, broken and scorched by the hard, merciless treatment of other people? She glanced sideways uneasily in, at the dark bulk of her companion. How long does it take to get to Mexico? She asked. On this road, between five and six hours. But we won't go all the way tonight. In a while, we'll reach Igola. I know an inn near there where we can stay for the night. Charge. This man's been there before. He knows there because he's been there before. But I don't want to stay the night with you in Igola or any other place, she said desperately. Oh, please, won't you listen to me? I want to go back to Acapulco. I don't want to go with you. You have no choice, he replied coldly. I'm not stopping to let you out. Where would you go if I did? We're well beyond the town now, and I'm not returning to Acapulco. I've had enough of it, so sit back, sit your ass back and relax. I've taken over the responsibility of finding somewhere for you to stay for the night, and tomorrow I'll help you find a job. No, that's my man. Damn. It's the least I can do for you. You're really expecting a lot from me, she grumbled. Although she was doing as she had suggested, she was sitting back in the comfortable bucket seat and was relaxing because she had found quite suddenly that she was exhausted. I mean, anyone that speaks... The hard truth, <laughs> you suddenly come back to your senses. She liked it. Uh -huh. The strain of the past few weeks live, living with Elsa and Mitchell, the drama of the scene in the salon, the struggle with Mitchell on the driveway seemed to have sapped all her strength so that she had none left to fight this man who said he had taken over responsibility of finding her somewhere to stay for the night. Ah, am I? 
in what way am I expecting a lot from you? He sounded surprised. You're expecting me to trust you. Yet, we met less than an hour ago. Why should I trust you more than Mitchell Gardner? Hmm. I catch your drift, he drawled. But you're a little late thinking of that, aren't you? All I can say to put your mind to rest and in recommendation of myself is that I'm not one of Elsa Thomas's pet men, nor am I hoping to be her next husband, nor am I an actor or in any way connected with the film business. Then what were you doing at Elsa's party? Gate crusher. <laughs> Did you get crush it? No, I was invited by Elsa herself. I met her yesterday and she asked me to call in at her house this evening. He paused, then added, if I hadn't delayed my departure to go to her party, I'd have been well on my way by now. Daphne glanced at him, wishing she could see him properly. Trying to remember what he looked like, a recall in a tough, square-chinned face, weathered to the color of golden brown leather, fathomless black eyes, and surprisingly, with those Mexican dark eyes, damn, a lot of casually, casually cut tawny brown hair, only a few shades darker than her own. Where is home? She asked curiously. Right now, it's on the Fontaine Branch near Mekatepec, he replied. I've only been in Mexico for a month, so you must excuse me if I seem ignorant, she, uh, she said lightly. But I've no idea where Mika, Mika, uh, 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 you see, I can't even say it, she complained with a little laugh. Is it in Mexico? It is in the state of Veracruz on the eastern side of the country. I know Carlos is Spanish for Charles, but what? But Reynolds doesn't sound like a Mexican name. It's English or even Welsh in origin. I mean, most Mexicans have Spanish last name, don't they? She said. Many do, he agreed. But some have Italian, German, Japanese, Chinese, Indian, Scottish, Irish, English and Welsh names. French too. Like most nations, Mexican Mexicans are a mixed up lot. For example, the area around Mecatepec was settled by some French immigrants in the last century and the ranch where I live and work has been owned by the Fontaine family ever since then. Some years ago, the owner of the ranch offered the job of manager to my father, John Reynolds a cowboy from Texas. When he took the job, my father met my Mexican mother and married her. He paused, then added with a touch of mockery, 
I hope that satisfies you as to the origin of my hybrid name. Yes, it does, Daphne replied seriously. Thank you for telling me. I've never met anyone who worked on a ranch before. There was a short silence, then she asked. How old are you? 34. Why do you want to know? Oh, I'm just naturally curious about people. How old are you? He asked. And there was a suggestion of laughter in his voice. Almost 23. There was another silence. They were nearer to the mountains and she could see sharp dark peaks outlined against the star bright sky. Nearer at hand, the light of the town twinkled. Iguala! The muscles in her stomach tensed nervously. What was she doing trapped in this car at the mercy of its driver? A man she didn't know. Has she jumped out of the frying pan into the fire when she had jumped so quickly into the car to escape from Mitchell? But what would have happened if she hadn't got into the car? A shudder went through her as she imagined how Mitchell might have behaved. <laughs> well, now this girl is trapped. She feels trapped anyway. But I must continue. His pride hurt because she had rejected him and he had then been hit by another man. He would have made her suffer in some way. She could be sure of that. No, she was better off sitting here beside the unknown quantity who was Carlos Reynolds than she would have been if she had stayed with Mitchell. The devil she knew and had managed to avoid for the past month. She sighed wearily and closed her eyes, her thoughts drifting back to the day when Elsa had turned up at the beauty salon in Swansea and had asked if a Daphne Thomas worked there. She had been thrilled because her father's famous, fabulous younger sister had sought her out. It had been wonderful to be wanted suddenly by a beautiful, wealthy relative who had seemed to care about what happened to her. Elsa had dazzled her. Daphne could see that now. Appearing like a fairy godmother in the story of Cinderella. The actress had waved a magic wand and had whisked their knees away from the Welsh seaport and across the Atlantic to Hollywood to live there in luxurious surroundings. In return, Daphne had only to be Elsa's personal maid. Aww. For the first few months, everything had been fine. While Elsa had been busy shooting a new film at the studios in Hollywood. It was when the filming had ended and they had moved to the house Elsa owned in Acapulco, where Mitchell Gardner had joined them, that life had become complicated for Daphne. 
slightly younger than Elsa, handsome in a rakish way, Mitchell had once been a good actor with a great future in films. Well, as soon as they mention once, then you should know something bad is coming. Then he had been cast in a role opposite Elsa and had fallen in love with her. Bewitched by her beauty, he had divorced his wife and had left his two young children so that he could remarry the film star. That had happened three years ago. And exactly when the relationship had begun to go sour, Daphne didn't know. But she hadn't been in Acapulco long before she had discovered that Elsa and Mitchell shouted at each other most of the day, creating an atmosphere of tension in the house which no servant could put up with for long. She had also discovered that Mitchell drank too much, obviously. And when he was drunk, he became maudlin, seeking her out to tell her his troubles and later boasting to Elsa that her niece was much more cooperative and sympathetic than he was. Men are such dicks, obviously. You want a shoulder to cry on. Someone who is obviously vulnerable, more vulnerable than you, will not ignore you but to listen. But what happens? You use it to your advantage and then tell your wife that the person that you actually call your maid has more sense than you. Fucking hell, these men. They don't understand. They go with dick first before anything. Fuck off, man. Implying, oh, I read, <laughs> implying all the time that his relationship with Daphne was much closer than it had been, hoping possibly to rouse Elsa's jealousy because he knew she had become bored with him. Oh, she was glad and she escaped, thought Daphne. No matter what came of this new adventure, she was glad that in the morning she wouldn't wake up with a feeling of dread wondering how she was going to avoid Mitchell's suggestive caresses. The freak probably stinks as well. Her head slid sideways. Her slim young body went slack and she dozed. Soothed by the undue undemanding silence of the man who was driving cradled by the comfort of the seat the slowing down of the car's engine wakened her and she opened her eyes to the soft glow of lamplight casting the shadow of leaves on thick white walls like books like that it just explains everything and makes it all the more romantic then the engine stopped and rubbing a crick which had developed in the side of her neck, Daphne turned towards Carlos. Where are we? she asked. In the courtyard of the inn here, Iguala, I was telling you about. He opened his door, got out of the car and slammed the door shut. In a few moments, he appeared at the door beside her to open it. Oh, and he is a gentleman. Probably has a bun as well. Very dark haired bun. 
with beautiful Thai, you know, Victor, David Beckham type of bun. Very tanned, you know, hard ass, hot bod. As the door swung back and the interior light came on again, she hesitated about getting out, still distrusting him. Hmm. Kepasa, what's wrong? He demanded coldly. I, I, I'm not sure, she muttered. Look, it's late, past midnight, and I'm ready for bed, he replied curtly. You know what? I actually like this man. He's so in control. He doesn't deal with bullshit. Come on, get out, and we'll go and find what accommodation the inn has to offer. She didn't move, so he bent again to look in at her. Or perhaps you would prefer to sleep in the car. He drove acidly. Still, she didn't move. So, muttering something in Spanish, he withdrew and swung the door shut. He walked away, and Daphne stared at the shadow leaves fluttering on the white wall in front of the car. He had gone away and had left her. Oh no, now I don't like you. To her own devices. Free to sleep in the car if she wished. Free to walk out of the highway to hitch a lift back to Acapulco. But hitchhiking was something Daphne knew it wasn't wise to do in this country. So she wasn't going to make any move in that direction. And it was hot in the car now that the air conditioning had been turned off. So hot she felt the sweat breaking out on her skin. Oh, what a mess she was in. She really was. God. She didn't even have a handkerchief to wipe the sweat from her brow. And she was longing for a drink. A long thirst quenching drink. And a bath or a shower. If she went into the inn, she might be able to get both a drink and a wash. Slowly, <laughs> she opened the door of the car and stepped out. She opened the rear door and took out her suitcase, then looked around the courtyard. Light glowed beyond the curved archway, so she went towards it and saw the entrance to the inn. Cautiously, she pushed a thick wooden door open and stepped into, the, into a high square hallway dimly lit and cool. In spite of the lateness of the hour, the clock behind the reception desk was smiling and deferential, nodding his head at whatever Carlos Reynolds was saying to him. Both of them looked round when they heard Daphne enter. So it is done, said Carlos easily. Coming towards her, he carried a zipped overnight bag in one hand and in the other, a room key with a tab on it. We have a room for the night, he added. One room? She queried uncertainly. See, one room. A double, the one 
the only one left this way <laughs> slinging the overnight bag to the hand which held the key he took her suitcase from her and began to walk towards an elegant wrought iron staircase that led up to a gallery which ran round the four walls of the hallway daphne followed him but we need two rooms she whispered glancing back at the clock who was watching them but when he saw she was looking at him he bowed and smiled buenas noches senora he said there is only one said carlos imperturbably as he went up the stairs and it's usually for husband and wife to stay to share a room wife you told him i'm your wife daphne exclaimed loudly as she reached as they reached the top of the stairs and he turned to face don't shout he rebuked her sharply frowning at her keep your voice down people are sleeping behind those doors i had to make up some story about you so that you could share the room with me and it prevented any problem or trouble about your identity but i don't want to share a room with you she hissed go back to the cabin he retorted and still carrying her suitcase he strode along the gallery to a door at the far end into and inserted the key in its lock the door opened and he disappeared into the room i am going to leave you here this story is becoming more and more fascinating so after they've got in the car it looks like they began to get they began to get to know each other even though there's much more differences between them they are very stubborn there's no trust they've obviously been through some ordeal and uh yeah they are just about to <laughs> go through a more challenging more <laughs> this book is very fascinating i will feel the same going into a position or being in a position where i've just met someone less than an hour and here i am about to share a bed with this man he had to tell the receptionist that i'm his wife all sorts of things will be going on in my head so excuse me if daphne doesn't trust this man but there is much more dangerous things in this world and i will happily do and behave the same way as she is true true i will so um they're just about to go into the room because really daphne has not really got a choice she can't hitchhike hitchhike to go to acapulco and this man uh carlos is not about to turn back and go back they are in igola they need to get used to it so that morning comes they can continue the journey keep listening let me know what you think uh if you like it like i said 
that's fine if you don't just send it across and share to someone who might be interested it's cool here take care bye